Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. My name is Austin. If we have not met, I am the lead pastor here at Tacoa Church, and I want to extend a special welcome to you if it's your first time here with us this morning. Today as we gather, you know, this isn't just a church service. Um, This is a family. And if you don't have one, we would love to adopt you into one and into our family. As we do life together this morning, welcome home, welcome to our family. And this morning I want to preach on the idea of us bearing fruit for God. But there are things that hold us back. So my message this morning is barriers to a fruitful life. Barriers to a fruitful life. So how do we do that? What are those barriers? We're going to jump into that this morning. Um, And as I think about a fruitful life, I was thinking about my kids this week. And I have two, one's four, one's about to be one year old. And, you know, they have the strangest stomachs at times, you know, and when it comes time for dinner, right, like, my oldest Hannah, like, her stomach is this big. She's like one tiny bean, and she's like, I'm full. But like, snack time, like, stomach this big, like, I just, you just ate a snack, and you're ready for another, like, a second snack, and like, what is, what is going on with her? My youngest is an amazing eater. Um, I'm a little worried when she gets to the snack stage, because she's not quite at the snack stage yet, but when she can, man, that, that girl can eat, but but my oldest, man, if, if it's chocolate cake, she can, like, out-eat me. I'm like, you're tiny. Like, if you've seen my children, they're small, they're tiny, like, even for their age. And I don't know how physically in that little tiny stomach she can cram so much. But if it's a snack, she can fit it in there. And so Allie and I, we try to be healthy. We have, we have a snack pack that's, like, for outside of the house only. That's our parenting, like, strategies. Free tip this morning if you need it. Like, those snacks we don't eat at home. Those are only our, like, outside-the-house snacks. Um, but at home, right, we try to be he- always we try to be healthy, but, you know, we try to be healthy when we can for snacks, and so we love to do um, bananas, um, apples, fruit. We, we try to do oranges. My kids both love those little cutie oranges. My youngest, Riley, if you, she sees us take it out of the fridge and start peeling it, she's like, I'm afraid she's going to jump out of her high chair. She gets, she cannot contain the excitement in her body to get that fruit. But, right, I have learned to produce fruit for my kids because I know it's healthy and it brings them joy. And in the same way, our Heavenly Father desires that we produce fruit out of our lives. In John 15, 8, I preached on this um, this fall. It says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. To bear fruit, to bring glory to God. Many of us want to glorify him, or in other words, like worship him. That's what this word glorify, um, part of what that means. We want to live lives that are worthy for his sake. We want to give back out of the overflow. But have you ever wondered, like, how do I do this? The scripture is clear. We glorify God by producing fruit in our lives. And that's the thing, right, that proves even that we're disciples of him. We might be believers. We might be converts. We're not disciples, according to the word of Jesus, unless we are producing fruit, right? Because a fruitful 
banana tree, or banana even, produces a whole tree which begins to produce fruit. Fruitful apple produces a whole tree that then itself begins to produce fruit. And Jesus is trying to get us to understand in the same way for us to be, to be glorifying God, we need to be fruitful as well. It's not optional. We're called to be fruitful so that we can glorify God. So my question to Tekoa this morning is, are you a disciple producing fruit? Are you a disciple producing fruit? If that, like, Chinese weather balloon was over your life this week, would it see fruit? I was just trying to figure out how I worked that into my message, and I felt pretty good. Like, I didn't have to, like, wedge it in there. It felt pretty good. Like, would it see you producing fruit in your life or not? What would it be? And if you're here and you're still exploring faith, Jesus, church, like, this part of that, the message is not for you. Um, you're welcome here to explore, to hang out, ask questions, and just continue um, to just explore your faith. But if you are a disciple of Jesus, if you're following him, are you producing fruit? We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to walk in the ways of Jesus. We're, talk, we're called to talk like Jesus. Discipleship is that, to, to speak like him, to live like him, to follow him, to behave how he did. And he called the disciples to follow him. And as a rabbi, when you called your people to follow you, it wasn't just to follow your teachings. It was literally to follow the way that you lived. Paul said in Roman, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, I don't have it on the screen today, but he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's, the, that's what we're all to be aiming for. Not that we're perfect, like even as a pastor, as I'm following Jesus, my call, my aim, my, this, this verse is one of my biggest challenges, is so that if you're following me, your life would end up closer to Jesus than if you weren't following me. And we are all called to do that, right? I'm not perfect, but hopefully if you followed me, you'd end up closer to Jesus. Hopefully if people followed you, the fruit you're producing in your life would cause them to become more like Jesus than if they didn't. We're called to be like him. And so many of us, sometimes even we get discouraged in our faith, like, I want to please God, I would like to, but it's so difficult, I get so busy, pastor, my past, it's dragging me down, I can't get into the community that I want to get into in my life, my work is demanding, my life is demanding, my kids are demanding, my house is demanding, the, the baby that won't let me sleep is demanding, and the things that happen in our life, and some of us, I think, even, right, what we try to do is we just try to power through. Like, I'm going to produce more fruit, and it's going to be good, and I'm going to do it because I'm just trying to make it happen in my life because that's what we're supposed to do. But don't miss, before we get to what we're going to spend our time in this morning, don't miss what Jesus is saying here in John 15 because it's so crucial. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. When we abide in Jesus, then the fruit comes. We don't pursue the fruit, we pursue Jesus, and the overflow of that is the fruit in our lives. As we cultivate that kind of life, fruit is what happens around us. And this is what Jesus teaches us this morning. And so we're going to look today at Matthew chapter 13, and it says this, that same day Jesus went out to the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered around him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. 
right? That's, that's an exploding church right there. Like, there wasn't even room. He had to go into the boat so he could, like, be seen. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. I love this passage. And the original audience would have understood that, you know, right, this was an agrarian culture, farming, seeds, crops, like this is where they lived. And I want to show you maybe what they would have seen. There's a picture here of like, okay, here's what a farm could look like. Um, the best one that I could find anyways. And, um, right, there's different parts of what this looks like. He talks about the rocky places, the thorns, the, the path, um, and this is what he talks about, right? There's a rocky place often on the edges that maybe even would be a border between two different farmers' fields. There's thorns that are probably near there because they didn't weed and take care of that area because that wasn't the main field. But there was seed that got um, scattered around there. There's the hard ground of, hey, we're going to walk here so we don't trample the plants that we're trying to grow. And then we keep walking in the same place and it gets, like, planted down. But I think part of the way I wanted to show this is um, when we think of farming, right, we probably think of, like, rows and, like, seed, 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 like, planted very, like, meticulously like that's what farming machines do it right but that's what farming looks like today back then it was like you might use a sling or just your hand and you would just like throw like an abundance of seed out and wherever it landed that's where things would grow or not grow or they would attach a bag to an animal and like cut off the corner the animal would wander around and wherever it wandered you know that's where the seed would go right that's first century um innovation right there like cutting edge, animal wandering with, you know, a hole cut in the bag. But it just went everywhere. And before we get into um, what he's talking about, the growth, we're going to spend a lot of our time there this morning. Before we get into that, I want to talk about um, seed for just a second this morning. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, this is not where we're spending most of our time, but if you're a follower of Jesus, we're called to spread the seed of the gospel, the seed of the good news of Jesus around. And I like this example, and I've been thinking a lot about it, um, because I think some of us just need to scatter a little bit more seed. I think we're a little too meticulous in our seed planting, and like, we're so meticulous that maybe we've planted one or two seeds in the last few years. We're like, but that seed, like, I was just trying to get the best soil in the best spot. I met somebody um, at the beginning of January, one of our uh, members, and after service, she had a stack of our invite cards in her hand, and she goes, I have five. I told myself this year I'm taking five every week, and I'm going to pass out five every week. At the store, around, like wherever, I'm going to pass these out each week. And I was struck by that and how most of those probably not going to grow into a seed-bearing tree. But that's over 500 in a year. I bet some of those seeds are going to grow. And I bet a lot more of those seeds are going to grow than if 
we're so meticulous about one single seed. And what I've been thinking about is God has an abundance of seed in his kingdom. Like he is not short on seed. There is plenty. There's bountiful for us. And we need to just scatter a little bit more around in our lives and then trust that God is going to grow what's going to grow. He's going to water what's going to water. He's going to have somebody harvest where it needs to be harvested. But some of us just need to scatter a little bit more seed in our lives. But anyways, back to what we're talking about here in this scripture. It says the path, you know, you notice that arrow, there's some worn out grass that they would have walked on and it would crush the seed. And so Jesus uses this image. He uses imagery so people would understand the conditions of their heart. Because Jesus wasn't trying to create a farming revolution. He wasn't trying to teach them how to be better farmers. He's not trying to make you this morning a literal farmer. And so it says this in verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, it is the evil one who comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And this, we jumped ahead to verse 19, is some of the disciples and the people. See, he told the parables and those that were interested needed to seek more. And the disciples who wanted more they came to Jesus and said, I still don't fully understand what you were saying. He says, okay, let me explain a little bit more to you. And sometimes faith is like that. Sometimes God is like that. Like we need to want more for him to share more with us. If we're just content with the surface level, that's what we get. But when we lean in and dig in for more, then God's got more for you. He's got more for us as we lean in. And so he said, let me explain this to you. You know, we need to understand what he's saying here. We need to understand the gospel. Otherwise, the enemy will steal the seed of it in us. And I, 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 as a pastor, I've seen many people who have seen or heard or I talk to them and like they've experienced maybe even in their past ugly things when it comes to life, even the church, where they've seen like even like, you know, dark things from Christians on social media or around the world of like those people, those things. And we've experienced so many of these things, people have seen them, and then the, the gospel just gets stolen away because we're so distracted about those things. It's like the path. You know, I, I've been here. I've seen that. I'm just not open to it. I'm, you know, there's hard ground there as the seed gets scattered on it. It doesn't apply to me. Right? I love that one. It's just a crutch, maybe. Like, it, it, it's not for me. I don't need that in my life. Like, ah, I'm here maybe to hear a, a good, good message or something like that'll encourage me, but like, I don't really need that. I don't, I I don't have room for it to fully take root in my life. Maybe you know people like that in your life. Maybe that's you. Maybe you shared your new faith in Jesus, and this was the response you got from family and friends. They didn't want any of the things of God. They were too hard to hear them. And that's like the hardened path, right? And sometimes, right, it's like when I'm with my wife downstairs and she's cooking dinner you know she doesn't always cook dinner sometimes I cook dinner but like she's cooking dinner and I'm like what's for dinner and I don't hear a response and I ask again what's for dinner I don't hear her response and then I'm like wait what is for dinner I want to know and she says to me for the third time we're having chicken and veggies for dinner and I'm like oh I didn't hear the other two times right and sometimes it's not the other person it's not God it's us that is not hearing the answer because we're closed off to the answer. He says, if you have ears to hear, listen, because sometimes we can listen and not really listen. And we can be like that hard path, you know, and being a pastor, I see 
you know, front row perspective. You know, you preach the same person and one person in the same room and somebody else in the same room gets a totally different response to it. Someone's leaning in, someone's leaning back. As we go through rooted here as a church, right, it's the foundations of our, fa- our, of our faith. You have the opportunity. Do you lean in and make room for God to do something or are you leaning back like, uh, I'm, I got this, like I've heard this, maybe this sermon today. You're like, I've heard eight sermons on this parable. It's a famous parable. Like, I got it, pastor. I don't need another one. I'm good. Like, I'll hang out here and tell the worship at the end, but I'm good. I've heard this one. But you have a closed heart or are you leaning in saying, God, shape me, mold me. I know there's more. Is your heart open or closed? And, you know, even as a pastor, right? Like, I know what's more enjoyable to preach through, right? The, the person that's leaning in that says, I want more here. You know, and are you receiving the word or are you just letting it kind of bounce off of you? A seed will not produce fruit unless it's received, unless it's planted, and it gets to take root. So what do you do? When the ground is hard, you pray for rain to soften the soil. You maybe mix it up a little bit and loosen it up a little bit. And the same thing as followers of Jesus needs to happen to us. Some of you are wondering, why am I not going deeper in my faith? It's because you don't have a pursuit to understand the gospel. You don't have a hunger, a desire a, to, to know more, right? Honestly, like, there's, a, there's so much info out there, like endless. There's podcasts and books and YouTube videos and, like, I, I, there's so much stuff that's out there. And they're, like, creating new things all the time, right? Um, and it's, there's so much out there, but do you take the deeper things that God has said in the Bible and in your time with him and let it change your heart to seek what he has to say for you? Because a ministry program will never replace a hungry heart. A discipleship program, a book, a podcast, a video, it will never replace you having a heart that's desiring for God to meet you, to connect with you. You know, when I was younger, I was so hungry for God all the time, just pursuing everything I could learn. I was trying to learn, you know, I would, I would hear somebody speak or a pastor, and I, like, sometimes I would like, I don't know if I agree with that. Let me dig into the Bible and see. Let me look to find more information. I'm just always seeking, just so hungry for more. And now as a pastor, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I know that. I've learned that one before. And recently, though, I've been on this quest to just know more of God. And I've been on this quest for God to develop in me because I know I can only do so much of it on my own. Just a hungry heart for more of Him. To just say, God, I I just want more of you in my life. I want to understand more and just praying, God, soften my heart do something in me because I want to be hungry just for you and what you have to say. And I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to be more like you, whatever it takes. Because even as a pastor, he's not done growing me. He's not done working in my life. So I pray that's your posture this morning. And I want to challenge us today. Would you lean in to what God wants to do in your life? To have a hungry heart 
And if you need to, just ask him to loosen up the soil in your life to make room for those roots to actually go in and plant and seed to grow and sprout and fruit to be growing out of your life. The first barrier to glorifying God is the path, the hardened heart. The second, he says and warns us about, is rocky ground, stony ground in the soil. He says, when anyone hears the word of the Lord and does... and hmm, Let me start over. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls, falls away. I've noticed people that have the hard heart towards God. They're often open to God, but then they experience something in their lives, like tragedy that they can't solve on their own strength. Maybe they don't understand it, and then they leave God. Yet when you have a soft heart towards God, that same tragedy causes one person to run from God and another person to run to God. And that's the choice that we get. Allie and I saw that in our relationship. When hard times came in our relationship, we came together to support one another and grow through them versus away, right? Relationships can do that. Depending on who the person is, difficulty will push you away or push you together. The same thing is true for God. If you let the difficult things push you away from him, it's going to tear up your relationship. But if you have room and you're seeking him and loving him, then those hard things will push you closer to him. And, you know, I think some of us, we receive the good news of Jesus, and we said, hey, I'm going to follow him, and, you know, maybe you were did, done a disservice, and you didn't know that sometimes life is still difficult. Blessing comes when we follow God. There's good things. Don't miss that. Blessing comes. God has good things for us when we follow him, but God also promises that persecution will come when we follow him. And we have to be ready for both in our lives and not be surprised when both happen. Or we're in a season of just one of those seems to be happening. Don't get surprised. Because when tragedy comes, when the marriage ends, when the miscarriage happens, when sickness happens, when a loved one falls, when difficulties happen and you're like, God, what is going on? Do you run to him or away from him? And you're like, God, where are you? Like, I don't know what to do with my child. When you're like, I'm having a hard time paying rent, God. I thought you were real. I thought you answered prayers, God. I gave you everything. Why are you not here in my life right now? You know, as of today, our church is a year and a half officially old. And even that, right? Like, I have to describe, it's complicated to describe. Because we started three years ago building this church, but we didn't officially open the doors fully until a year and a half ago. We sacrificed a lot as a family. My family gave up a lot, and it strained our family. It came as a, at a great cost. And I remember when we were first planting the church, we, you know, full of passion and vision, and I, I, th I think we're still that way. But, right, things happened. Canceled our original launch plans. We're short on people. We had a vision from God and a passion and a call for a church full of worship. Not just on the side, but like as a main part of our vision, and we had no worship leader for six months. And when we couldn't find a place to meet because of COVID, and we literally couldn't meet because of COVID. When the things changed, right? And difficulty happened. And I've been in ministry for a long time. 
And when things happen, I've seen so many people, and they say, you know, sometimes they'll say, I gave my life to Jesus and my life got harder. Okay. Sometimes I'm not surprised by that. It happens. Even though it gets harder, though, it gets better. Because God has good for us. He has blessing for us. He's with us through those things. And it's not just a series of hard things for the rest of your life that he has for us. That's not what I'm saying here this morning. It's not, well, I'm a Christian, now my life's going to (laughs) suck. No, I'm a Christian. Before I was a Christian, sometimes my life sucked and sometimes it was good. And afterwards, sometimes life is difficult and sometimes it's good. And overall, it is so much better to have God on your side and to be following him and getting to live in his blessing. But don't be surprised when the difficulties still happen because we live in a broken world where there's sin and there's bad things that happen around us and there's bad things that happen to us. And in the middle of it, if we turn to God in it, he will grow us and he will build our faith and we will be stronger and we will be better for it. Suffering is often a normal part of the Christian experience. 1 Peter 4 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. You may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And so you hit the rocky places and it's easy to fall away if that's what your life is like. And Jesus teaches us, he warns us, don't let your faith just be surface level because the rocks have kept the roots from growing deep. Don't have a rocky ground faith where the seed of of the gospel only goes down so far. Instead, let God work in those places of your life. Don't Don't say, God, you can have this part of my life, but not that part. Right? Sometimes we're like, God, you know, touch my life, but but not that part of my life. That's too intimate. It's too vulnerable. Lord, you can have this part of my life, but not my finances, because, you know, I have to impress people. Lord, you can have this part of my life, but not my sexuality, because that belongs to me alone. God, you can touch this part of my life, but, you know, not my career, because that is what we value most in this family. God, you can have this part of my life, but not that over there. I have got plans. Just don't interrupt my plans, but whatever you want to do that doesn't interrupt my plans, like that you can have, God, but not the, the, not the rest. And I've experienced that. And we're here. We're building even this church. And sometimes, right, the heat doesn't work every week. And I really want it to, as your pastor, I don't want it to be uncomfortable in here. But sometimes it doesn't, and we, we deal with it. Sometimes we're in the neighborhood, in a neighborhood that makes it hard to come to church or hard to find parking. Sometimes there are so many steps just to get in the doors of this building, and I wish there wasn't so many steps just to get in the doors. Then if you can feel like, man, I'm, I did something today just by getting in the doors of church, right? And I can pray that God would do something different, and I am, and I'm asking, but it's in His timing when it happens and how it happens, and even if it happens, and no matter what happens, I'm here, I'm trusting God, and I know God's going to do something this morning. Whatever the future has in store, whatever difficulties my day had today, whatever challenges we face right now, the God's at work, and this is where I want to be with him at work. It's not for me to decide. When we see people leave, and it's so hard, see people that we got connected to God, connected to Jesus, and, you know, they walk away. Or the challenges just kind of face them slowly to disappear. 
or they literally just move away. But it's not for me to decide. It's not for us to decide. We need to be trusting God and what he is doing. Sometimes I wish God was the genie in the bottle. Like, the prayer is not us to manipulate God. It's for us to form our relationship with him, for him to form us, for us to grow closer to him. To pray, Lord, even when it's rocky and difficult, Lord, let your will be done. Even though, God, I feel like you're being so cold to me and distant and I don't know where you are, open my heart, come down in my life, plant roots so that my faith wouldn't just be surface level, but no matter what happens, I am firmly rooted and I'm bearing fruit because my roots go down deep and no matter if it's a desert, no matter if it's a drought for the ages, I got water because I'm firmly planted. Because the gospel has taken deep root in our lives. And that can be our reality when we trust in him. Trust that our roots would go down deep. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe it's time to stop blaming the church, blaming Christians, blaming pastors. I can only do so much. I can show the way, but you need to let the roots that God wants to plant go down into your heart and into your life and do the work that only God can do as you seek him. So the path, the rocky ground, the third barrier that Jesus talked about to us glorifying God and producing fruit is the thorns. As for what was sowed among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Now this is the one that most of us in the U.S. fall into. Honestly, if you're in church this morning, my guess is that you assume you're the good soil. Right? Don't just sit here assuming you're the good soil. I talked about this morning as the pastor. I don't always have the best soil in my heart. God's still working on it. So unless you are better than the pastor, not that I'm perfect, not that I'm the best, but you're probably not the good soil fully either. God's got some work to do. I don't know if it's some stones to remove. I don't know if it's some softening to do or if it's some thorns to get out. But there's some work for you. I want to challenge you. Just because you're good soil, just because you're growing, doesn't mean that you don't have some thorns in your life. Because you know what? Healthy things grow, so do weeds. Right? That's what happens. It does. The thorns grow. Right? Ben, you can come on up here. And, uh, you know, they grow in our life and in, in our world as well, right? Like, you can have a brown grass and thriving weeds. I don't know how that works. Like, how is that possible? They just seem to just, they seem to do fine, except for what I want to grow in my yard, right? I have a friend, and he was telling me a while ago, like, he's playing in the backyard. He has a shed in his backyard. He's playing with his little son in the backyard, and his son went around and was for a minute playing behind the shed. So he's like, oh, let me go back there with him. And he walks around the corner and boom, six foot tall weeds behind the shed. Like, I was just back here. There was nothing here. Where did these come from? Like overnight that they just sprang up, right? And that's what can happen. And eventually what happens is good things, legitimate pleasures in our life that God wants us to enjoy. He's not calling us to get rid of all the good things of life. He wants us to enjoy them. He created good things for a reason. He created food to taste good, 
for us to enjoy, not just suffer just like eating food every day. He created the good things in this world, but sometimes if we enjoy them too much and we're not careful, they will choke out what God wants to do in our life. And I've seen people, I went to Bible college with people that said, you know what, I want a good job in the business world after I graduate and get a lot of money so that the gospel can be spread and I can be generous with my life. And then they get the big house and the big family and they don't have time to do anything for the kingdom of God anymore. Their life is just so focused on those pleasures of life. And I see people, right? And they don't have time anymore. They get into a relationship. They don't have time for the Bible anymore. They don't have time for God anymore. They don't have time for his church anymore. And it chokes out the gospel in your life. Now, they can't glorify God by investing in the kingdom and seeing what he wants to do. They don't get to enjoy the fruit because fruit is good. Who doesn't want fruit growing in their life? Like, who doesn't want those things? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Who doesn't want that in their life? Even non-Christians want those things in their life. Like, they're good things. They're enjoyable things to have. But don't let the weeds of this life, the thorn thorns choke out what God wants to plant in your life and allow to grow. Don't let the seeds of politics grow and just choke out what it wants to do. The seeds of a consumer lifestyle just go in. The seeds of a hobby invade and then the gospel of Jesus has no more room anymore. It's so innocent because we assume we're good soil, but sometimes we're not. Anybody here this morning need your heart to be sifted a little bit? To let God take out the weeds. Because you can't just rip out all the weeds because if you do, the plants come with it often. The roots are intertwined. And so it's a process that God needs to do or the farmer would need to do to carefully take out the weeds and cut them out and get rid of them. Or maybe burn that part of the field and then allow the new, new vines to grow. It's a difficult process, but it's one that God can do. It says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting to bone and marrow, being able to differentiate between soul and spirit. God can do it better than any surgeon. But we've got to let him do it in our lives. Would you refine us, God, in the fire of your love? Finally, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. This is what we want as a community, as a church. We're seeing God at work. We're seeing people come to know him. We're seeing people find life in him. We're seeing young adults get connected. We're seeing parents get connected. We're seeing a diverse group of people. We're seeing our kids grow like crazy as we build something with God and seek to produce fruit. People from different backgrounds, different experiences grow together, and it's beautiful to be a part of that kind of church that he is building. What we need to do is grow in the fruit of Jesus. Not just grow, but grow in the fruit of Jesus. The good soil that God can do what only he can do. And that heart posture. We are a church that connects people to God so that they can find and live out their purpose. And we can just about say that as a promise because that's what God does. We're here to connect you to him 
if you do that and walk with us, you're going to get connected. You're going to find your purpose. You're going to get to live out your purpose. We say here, find your people, find your place, find your purpose. That's what God is doing in this place. We want to be a blessing, not just in this room, but into our city. Call that live, love, local. That's what we're building. That's what fruitful things do. They spread the fruit of what is happening. And so, even as a church, as we've been praying and thinking, how do we do that? What, what do we need in this season as a church, right? We launched our Rooted Groups this last week, a 10-week discipleship intensive to just say, hey, we're going to go deeper. We're going to trust what God is doing. And Lord, we're going to lay our, down our lives so that you can cultivate in us, give birth in us to godly fruit. So I want to encourage you, if you are a part of our community, our church, please join one of our rooted groups. If you already did that, let your heart be soft for these 10 weeks, that God would do something to let the roots go down a little bit deeper, and let the fruit come out. If you didn't join a group this last week, it's not too late. See our team at the Connect, um, Connect banner after service. We'd love to get you connected to a group. It's not too late to jump into one. But let Jesus do something in your life and in your heart. Would you pray with me? God, I pray you would take our hearts. I pray that you take the soil of our life. Lord, stir it up. Lord, if it needs to be de-weeded, if it needs to be de-stoned, the, uh, take the rocks out, if it needs to, to be softened a little bit, it just needs to be mixed up a little bit. Maybe some fertilizers are added. God, I pray that you would do it. If that's you, just, just in your heart, just agree with this. That God, I, I give you my heart and I want you to do it. Lord, whatever needs to be done. Pray that you would bring healing in my life, God. I pray that you would just allow me to glorify you. To be well planted. That the fruit would come. Just surrender to him. Say, whatever it is, whatever I'm holding on to, the parts of my life I haven't given over, maybe that's you and you need to give something over right now. Just, just hand it over to him and say, God, I, I, I'm scared, but I want you to take, fully take all of me. I don't want to hold on to this anymore. I'm tired. I'm literally tired of holding on to this. I can't do it anymore. I'm scared, God, but I want you to have it. But his perfect love casts out all fear. You don't need to be afraid. He's at work, and he's a good God. And when you let him grow your roots deep, no matter what comes in this life, you're not afraid because he's at work. If you've never chosen to trust him, the good news is even though we've all messed up, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short, Jesus lived a perfect life for us, and he gave his life on the cross for us. All you need to do is believe in him and choose to follow him. Choose to let that seed grow deep. If that's you, just accept that right now. Just echo this in your heart. Jesus, I believe you came for me. I believe you died and rose again. I choose to follow you. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up together. We're going to take some time responding in worship right now. This is just a time for us to just go after God together. Go after his presence. Say, I want more of you.
Whatever you need, God, I want more of you in my life. And so there's even some different ways for you to respond this morning. Communion's at the table in the back. If you are a follower of Jesus and he has forgiven you of your sins, that's open to you. It's a great opportunity for you to be reminded that your sins have been washed free. Whatever was in that field before that wasn't of God, he's taken away and you are set free in him. If you want to respond in worship through your giving, you can do that during this time as well online or at the boxes by the doors. Say, God, I trust you with my finances. Maybe you need to give that part of your life over to him and you're, you're scared and you say, God, I'll, I'll, I, I'm, I'm worried, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to let your roots go down deep. Maybe there's something else in your life. I was worshiping up here before service and I just felt like the Holy Spirit saying, there are some people here right now that have the weeds and the thorns in their life, the stone in their life that they haven't been able to let go of. And if that's you and you, you're ready to give it to God, you can meet with him on your own. But our prayer team's in the back. We would love to pray for you as well. Because God says in James that we can get right before God on our own, but healing often comes through the prayer of a brother or sister in the faith. So take this time. Worship with us. Sing to him. Pray. Connect with God. Communion's in the back. Our prayer team's in the back. But just spend some time before the cares of this world assault you when you go out those doors. Let this seed that was planted this morning go a little deeper. Let God grow it in you right now. God, we just worship you. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tekoa card on our Connect page, tekoachurch.org connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.